Second Samuel chapter 10. The previous chapter was a discussion of chesed. And the point of the previous chapter is that the chesed is not actually chesed because it can't work. Because there's no way to compensate for the last lack of chesed that took place earlier. I'm going to do so much chesed, I'm going to make up for the lack of chesed, for the inability or the failure to do chesed earlier. That doesn't work. And now we have chapter 10. And that's another story of chesed. Afterwards, the king of Ammon dies. His son, whose name is Chanun, which means gracious one, is now the king of Ammon. David said, I want to do chesed. I want to keep faith with, loyalty towards, be gracious towards, Chanun, the son of Nachash, Kasher Asa Aviv Imodi Chesed. For his father, whose name is Nachash, did Chesed to me. Vayishlach David Lunachamo Biyad Avadav El Aviv. Vayavo Avdei David Eretz Bnei Amon. So David wants to do Chesed to Chanun, the son of Nachash, to repay the Chesed that Nachash, the king of Ammon, did for David. And David sends consolers, Lunachem. There's a mitzvah of consoling the mourner. David sends his messengers uh, to console Chanun upon the death of Nachash. The first question is a very simple one. What is the chesed that Nachash did for David? There certainly is no mention in the book of Samuel that Nachash did chesed for David. But Nachash is an important person in the book of Samuel because Nachash Amoni. Nachash, the king of Ammon, is the king who in chapter 11 of 1 Samuel tried to upset kingship before it even began. Saul was publicly made king in the end of chapter 10. And in chapter 11, as we have studied, Nachash, the Ammonite, threatens the people of Yavesh Gilad, Yavesh Gilad being the town on the other side of the Jordan, that were the historical allies of Benjamin, also in the civil war between Benjamin and the other tribes. And the point of Nachash Amoni, and his name is Nachash, Snake, the point of Snake was to undermine the kingship of Saul before it ever gets off the ground by attacking Israel at the weak point. And what is the weak point? The weak point is the tensions, historical tensions between Benjamin and the other tribes, the civil war at the end of the book of Judges. And in that civil war, as described in the book of Shoftim, Benjamin had one ally, Yavesh Gilad. And now Nachash says, let's see if this king can unify the people to save their historical enemy. Now Saul does that. Saul's great moment. He's able to unify the people. That's the chapter in which we uh, encounter Nachash Amoni. We don't encounter Nachash Amoni in any other place in the book of Samuel. So what, what aid might Nachash have given David? Perhaps there was aid that he gave David. But certainly the suggestion would be that if he did do chesed to David, and he might have, it would have probably been in the context of trying to weaken the kingdom, the kingdom and the kingship of Saul, rather than 
being a great friend of David. But David chooses to do chesed. And now we run into an interesting question. Nachash, Chanun, are Ammonites from the people of Ammon. Ammon is in the Torah is the son born to Lot through his daughter. And in fact, there are two daughters to Lot, and each one sleeps with their father. In Genesis chapter 19, they think the world has been destroyed. And each one has a baby. The first one is named Moab, from father, and the second is Ammon. So Ammon and Moab are brothers. They both are the children of Lot. And the grandchildren of Lot as well. And the children of Lot's daughters. Now the Torah in the book of Deuteronomy talks about Ammon and Moab. And what the Torah says about Ammon and Moab is that the descendants of Ammon and Moab are not permitted to enter into the congregation of Israel. And the Torah explains why. The Torah says, and this is found in Deuteronomy, the Torah says, That is chapter 23, verse number 4. No Ammonite or Moabite shall be admitted to the congregation of God, even the tenth generation. Why? First of all, they didn't meet you with food and water on your journey after you left Egypt. They were not hospitable to you, and they are they are our cousins, so they were not hospital, hospitable to you. Didn't bring you bread and water when you were walking out of Egypt, and in addition, Asher Sachar Olecha et Vilam Ben Baar Aram Miptar Aram Naarayim Lukaleka, and they hired Bilam to curse you. That's the book of Bamidbar. The king who hired Bilam is named Balak. Barak is the king of Moab. So these are the two crimes. Not greeting you with food when you left Egypt, and on top of that, cursing you. But God didn't pay attention. But God transformed the blessing into a curse. That's the story of Bilam and Bilam's curses. God loves you. And verse number 7. Seek not their welfare or benefit. Forever. Now that is the verse that stands behind our chapter. The Torah has said straight out, don't get involved with these people. They're no good. Ammon and Moab. It is true that we have an entire book named after a Moabite, and she is very good. And that's the story of Ruth, the book of Ruth, Ruth HaMoaviyah. That's an interesting discussion, not for now. Ruth is a Moabite by birth, but not by behavior. But the default is not that way. She's the exception to the rule. But the Torah says in general, the book of Ruth says there are exceptions. But the Torah says, don't start up with them. And now we have David sending consolers to Hanun ben Nachash. Hanun is the gracious one. Maybe the son is different than the father. But when the consolers come to Ammon, the princes of Ammon say to Hanun, 
Was David honoring your father so much that he sends you consolers? They're not coming here to console you. They're spies. They're coming to look at the city to figure out what's vulnerable and to attack. So Hanun took the servants of David. So Hanun cut off half their beard, half their garments at the buttocks, and set them off. David was told, and David sends them because they were very embarrassed. The king said to them, Stay in Jericho. I did samach zikanchem v'shavtem to your beards grow back. That was a deep insult. Now, what's interesting here, firstly, is that what Hanun ben Nachash does is actually reminiscent of what Nachash did, because when Nachash threatened the people of uh, Yavesh Gilad, and they said, they said to him, "Krat lono brit v'navdeka." Tell us your terms. We'll, we'll, We'll become your vassals. We'll make, we'll make a deal with you. We'll, we'll enter an alliance with you. Here's my deal, he says. Chop out your right eye. He doesn't want a deal. He wants to embarrass Israel. He wants to def- defeat the idea of kingship. So there is chop out one of your two eyes. Here it's cut off half your beard. Here it's cut off half of your garment. In short, Chanun ben Nachash and Nachash are cut from the same cloth. So here the chesed, here the mistake is not, you can't do chesed anymore. That's the previous chapter. This chapter is different. This chapter is, you're doing chesed to the wrong people. Don't start up with these people. No good will come of it. And it's actually very interesting that in the story, and i make two points about the story. First of all, it's interesting that That in this story, a war ensues, and we're told in this war, which is actually a very dangerous war, because the Ammonites have confederates. They go to Aram, to the Arameans, to help them fight. And it's a very dangerous fight. How do they get the Arameans to help them? Verse number six. They understood they had incurred the wrath of David. What do they do? They connect up with other armies to the Arameans of Beth Rechov and Arameans of Tzova, the king of Macha. How do they get these people? So the text says, They hired them for money. What did the Torah say about Ammon and Moab? Why do you not connect to them? Don't seek their welfare. Because what did they do? They hired Bilam ben Ba'ar to curse you. It's exactly the same language. There it says in chapter 23, verse number 5, So our chapter recalls chapter 23 of Deuteronomy. They hire people to fight you. Not just people, Arameans. 
So what David has done in contravening the verse in Deuteronomy, he's caused trouble. And one last point, in the second example of misplaced chesed, very important point, the war against Ammon is a war that is completely David's fault. He should never have started with them in the first place. It's a very dangerous war. Only through the great heroism of Yoav and his brother are the Israelites able to defeat their enemies. It's the war that David starts. And therefore, the next chapter, the story within the story, which is David and Bathsheba, and begins with David's absence from the war, a very important point. He's absent from a war that he himself began. If there's any war he should be involved in, whether physically present or not, it's this war, because it's completely his fault. And yet, David absents himself from the continuation of the war.